One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against a scumbag landlord. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, teaching Andy a lesson. Family is supposed to love you unconditionally. And I'm so glad that my mother and sister showed me that. But my father, on the other hand, was what nightmares were made of. A father is supposed to take care of you and hold your hand through life's hurdles. But mine was the hurdle. For the context of this story, I'm a 25-year-old male and I have three sisters, Lacey, 23, Danny, 21, and Lori, 19. These are all obviously fake names, but these are the real ages of my sisters. There's also some mention of domestic abuse, so if you're triggered by that, maybe avoid the story altogether. We were all born into the average white father, we'll call him Andy, black mother household, and the first 10 years of my life were spent protecting my younger sisters from my father's wrath. He used to be a good-natured man who cared for his family and friends, until he lost a really huge contract and decided instantly that his wife was the sole reason for it. She tried to be a better wife to him, cleaning up after him and spending hours cooking different things with the hopes that he would enjoy at least one of them. But Andy was hell-bent on making her life harder. In the beginning, he never really hit her or us. She always made sure that we were out of the way while he just talked down on her repeatedly, throwing things around and messing up the entire house. As the first child, it's always been my job to protect my siblings, and so that's what I did. While mom and dad fought it out in the living room, I stayed with my sisters, telling them stories and pretending like nothing too serious was going on downstairs. After the fights, my father would usually go out and get drunk, and I would be given the task of cleaning up whatever damages had been made to the house. As a kid, I can't begin to tell you how damaging it was seeing your mother sobbing her eyes out and being unable to do anything about it. During this time, there were still some good days. Sometimes Andy would suggest going out to dinner as a family or having a movie night, and we would all jump at the idea because no one wanted to upset him. With time, he stopped offering these fun activities as much, until he just never did it again. One day, I made the mistake of asking when next we would go out. He'd been angry for two months straight, which was a record, and I just wanted us to have fun again. I was completely honest about it, and my father got offended. That night, they found out about it, with him saying that she was poisoning our minds against him. She tried to defend me, but he ended up hitting her. This was the first time we heard it happen. On my mother's birthday, I think I was about 12 years old at the time, my siblings and I baked her a cake and used most of our saved up allowance to order takeout from her favorite place. She was pleasantly surprised and we were having a pretty good evening until Andy returned from work. That was the second time he laid his hands on her, and the first time in front of us, under the drunk claim that she was cheating on him and her new boyfriend was the one who got her the cake and the food. I was unable to get my sisters out of there in time, and we all watched in horror as he beat her up until she literally passed out. It was an unspoken rule between my siblings and I from then on to protect our mother. We tried to convince her to get a divorce or leave, and she always threw the who will pay your bills if I leave question at us. One day, Andy beat up Lacey for accidentally breaking a plate while doing the dishes. The rest of us tried to stop him, but given that he was a fully grown man against three preteens and a toddler, it was unfortunately an added advantage. He even broke my nose and my arm. 
I fought as much as I could, taking punches and delivering mine. I did a great job too, breaking his massive nose to the point that it always remained crooked. It was after that that our mother decided to take our advice and get the heck out. Asking for a divorce was out of the question because Andy was a predator at this point. So one night, she had us pack our belongings, take her car, and run away. We couch hopped at a few of her friends' places for some months until we were able to find an abandoned trailer that was selling for next to nothing. With a little fixing up and some TLC, mom sold off her car and we made the van into our home. There was a public school in the area, so we also just enrolled there. For the first few months, we survived on food stamps and the charity of mom's friends. In the midst of all this chaos, I turned 13 and got a job at a local fast food restaurant to help mom out. My sisters were very good, and even though they were so young, they understood that things were hard, and they knew how to behave accordingly. It was a really rough couple of years, but soon enough we were comfortable enough to rent our own place and live a little better. We got closer as a family at this time, adopted a stray dog that turned out to be the sweetest little guy, and grew into a big guy. My sisters did odd jobs for the neighbors, and one of them was a hairdresser, and let Lacey hang around and learn to do hair casually. I was almost 17 when Andy found us again. We had no idea how he did it because the friends that mom housed with completely understood the situation and swore to keep their mouth shut. I honestly even thought that he had forgotten about us until he showed up to the new place in the middle of the night crying and begging our mother to take him back. He was hysterical and it took a lot of work to calm him down until the morning. It was a little dramatic for me, and I was pissed off, and as a teenager, just wanted to pound him until he either died or just left us alone. It was exhausting having to relive trauma all over again by just seeing his face. But Lacey pulled me to the corner and asked if whatever I wanted to do would make our mother happy. In that moment, I wanted to lie and say that I didn't care, but I did. I care more about my mother's happiness, because I'd seen her be sad so many times. When we were able to gather around to talk, Andy apologized to us all for the pain, claiming that he had spent the past years in agony just looking for us. My sisters and I didn't believe a word of what he said. After all, Lacey and I still had the scars from the day he beat us up all those years ago. But for some reason our mother decided that she liked the idea of giving him a second chance. We protested, in his front and in private, but Andy refused to let up crying and begging and swearing on all of his dead relatives that he was a better person and just wanted to be one with his family. My sisters were angry with our mother, and even though we reluctantly agreed, we were upset with her for a while. Then she cooked our favorite meals and we just kind of forgot about it. We also had the uncomfortable conversation about how she loved him and had needs and whatnot. It was gross to hear, but I understood. However, I let her know that if he screwed up too much, I would not hesitate to end him. She didn't say much, but I knew she knew I was serious. I decided to never call him Dad again, instead choosing to go by his name Andy. And my mother nearly had an aneurysm at the thought of it and insisted I call him Dad. Most of this took place around the time that I had to leave for college. I got a scholarship. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So I was worried about leaving my mother and sisters at the mercy of the man who used to be our abuser. I observed things until I was somewhat assured that my sisters could protect themselves as our mother before finally going off to college. It was a gradual process, but Andy started being a jerk to my mother again, usually when everyone else was away because he knew that she would keep it away from us so she wouldn't worry us. Two whole years passed before anyone picked up on Andy's abusive ways. He got smarter too and ran off with a chunk of her money before I could return from college in time to teach him a good lesson. None of us blamed our mother though, because we understood that being a single mother was extremely difficult, and no matter how well behaved we were, she was still going to need the support of another person. With this knowledge, we started to set her up on dates with people who we made sure to investigate closely. It was quite the adventure to witness, but what mattered was that she was having a good time. She went on lots of dates with different characters, and we encouraged her to write about them. I set up a blog for her and my mother had so much fun updating it bi-weekly. Eventually, it even made her some money, but that was much later though. By the time I was rounding up college, two of my little sisters, Lacey and Danny, were already in college and Lori was in high school. We had a great dynamic, save for the occasional squabble here and there, and for the first time in a while, it felt like we were truly happy as a family. It didn't surprise me when one day my sisters and I showed up to the house to find Andy sitting on the couch, looking frazzled with his head hung low. I was about to charge when my mother asked me to take a second to just hear him out. I was so mad. I was so mad that I walked out and punched a tree till my hands were bleeding and I screamed into the air. I was so angry with my mother. What didn't she understand about the fact that this man was just an abuser who would keep doing it again and again until he had destroyed us with his bare hands and there was nothing for him to come back to. Then he would go on to someone else. It was a cycle that would just repeat itself. I knew, but I listened anyway, and he apologized for being a bad husband and parent, succeeding in bringing back all of the bitter memories that we had managed to bury. Of course, none of us besides my mother bought the story, and we asked for proof that he had really changed. Apparently he was a recovering addict, and the money he stole last time he was around was to settle a loan shark that was after his life. He went on about how it made him realize once more that he had a good thing in the form of a family, and had spent his whole life ruining it. He said a lot of other things, but I zoned out because listening to him speak was actually making me feel things that I didn't want to feel. Plus, for the first time in his life, he sounded very genuine and it was uncomfortable to hear that kind of a tone on a man that you associated bad things with. I didn't want to believe, and I asked for more proof, probing questions and attacking him until he was on the ground, bawling like a small child. It felt good to see him like that, but my mother was begging me to stop, and so were my sisters. They didn't like seeing our mother like that. By the end of his speech, my mother was in tears, begging us to accept and forgive our father. I let him know that I was watching him closely 
because I had no trust in him around my family, and I told my mother that I definitely wasn't calling him dad this time. By now, I was done with college and had a job and an apartment really close to home so that I could keep my eyes on my mother and sisters. They weren't comfortable with Andy being around, but our mother was so joyful that there was no way we could say anything to her about her prodigal husband. He didn't start screwing up right away, because he knew our eyes were watching him very closely. He did things, like buy flowers and random gifts for my sisters under the pretext of wanting to make up for all the years he was away. Even Lori, who was the youngest, wasn't falling for his tricks. It felt like Andy put a shield over my mother's eyes, because somehow it felt like a war that we had been fighting with her against the man who was supposed to be our father. Now it seemed like they were a team and we were just fighting against a happy home. I tried to snoop, but it seemed like Andy was smarter with burying his tracks. He acted good-natured and pleasant, and it angered me. When we spent Christmas together, no one besides my mother got him presents and he acted normal about it, only crying when I refused to take what he got me. My mother and I got into a fight about it and it didn't resolve until I got him a present and we went out together to bond. Many times we had arguments that ended in her telling me how I didn't want her to finally be happy with her family. Somehow, Andy had convinced her that we were the enemy and that he was the good guy. It got so bad that I stopped visiting for a while and decided to stay at my own place. Naturally, my sisters also came over to mine more often, leaving our mom alone with our dad. That was really our first mistake, because she would never tell us if Andy was hurting her, because she wanted to save face. Because of how upset we were with her, we also didn't check in with her for a little while. Nobody really noticed anything until the day Lacey snuck in while both parents were supposed to be at work to pick a change of clothes and borrow some things without mom's permission. The entire house was quiet until she went by mom's bedroom, only to find it wide open with Andy hooking up with a woman that she didn't know. Lacey is a bit of a klutz, and she got caught while attempting to get some video footage. She was able to escape back to my apartment and showed me what she had. Later that night, I invited my mother over to my place and attempted to have one last conversation with her about Andy. She confessed to me that she actually knew about it, and he had just hit her into silence. She also told me that he always told her that we, her kids, would leave her, and he would be the only one around. It made sense to me that he was the one who instigated the arguments that we had since he came around. The knowledge that he had laid hands on my mother enraged me, and I made a plan with my friends, who dressed up as thugs and kidnapped Andy to a warehouse that I rented for a few hours. I let all of my rage from over the years fly, beating him up until he could barely breathe. When I was satisfied with how bloodied and bruised he was, I let him know that he was no longer a part of our lives. He tried to smart talk me, so I did the only smart thing and left him there for two weeks. Coming back to remind him of his evil ways with my own fist nearly every day until he swore not to come close to us. He didn't have to because I already had plans in motion to make sure he didn't come close to us. I also asked him to expect divorce papers and a restraining order from the family. There was no way that he would go to the police, because I had evidence that he still did drugs and was involved in some fraud. That alone was very incriminating for his already soiled reputation, and he just had to agree with me. I haven't set my eyes on Andy after that day. Neither have I spoken to my family about what exactly I did to Andy to get him to finally leave us alone, but I'm glad that I was able to teach him a lesson, even if it took me so long. 
Well, Lacey found out and confronted me. I came clean to her and she just agreed with me, saying that it was about time we showed that man. She also said that she wished we had done it sooner, but I think my mother just had to figure this out for herself. I'm definitely not going to condone what OP did, but this is definitely a freak around and find out type situation because they came back multiple times and each time OP was warning them, you try anything, you hurt our mother, and OP was going to snap, and they did. That said, our next story is showing my scumbag landlord. So this story is going to be about getting revenge on my terrible, terrible landlord. It's no secret that with insanely high cost of living, people are finding it much harder to find homes and live in good places. I'm thankful to be as privileged as I am now, and I won't trade it for anything, but more often than not, I wish things were easier for the common man. I'm a 27-year-old woman, and my girlfriend is 29. We have jobs that make us travel a lot around the world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we rarely stay in the same place for too long. I'm a model, she's a photographer, and if we're lucky, we get booked in the same place. That rarely ever happens though, but we make out time to hang out, even when we're busy with work. Our busiest times are during the fashion weeks, because I walk many runways and she does a lot of street photography. It's a great dynamic, and I couldn't be more grateful for my life. When I'm not strutting the runway and attending castings, I'm a little bit of a writer which is very ironic, but peaceful perspective. I love it, and when I eventually retire from modeling, I'll probably keep it going. My girlfriend's a photographer around the clock, but her job is a little less seasonal than mine, so it's more full-time. Last year, I faced a burnout stage, and it was so bad that it affected my life and my career and everything I did. I got the big sad for nearly three months straight and didn't leave my house until I realized that my cat was having babies and I needed to take her to the vet. After the whole situation, my girlfriend decided that it would be best to not live on my own. It was basically her way of telling me that she wanted me to move in with her. I was very elated because, I mean, who wouldn't be? We started house hunting together as soon as she was settled back in, and I have to be honest, it was so much work. I lived in a tiny studio apartment, and she lived in the same, and somehow we kept seeing so many of those, but there were almost no available two-bedroom homes around. We wanted a bigger space for our animals as well, and everything we kept seeing was either not on the market or the prices were outrageous. I have to admit, our very first mistake was going it by ourselves without an agent. A lot of the places we came across were even tinier studio apartments. And as I mentioned, we were looking for something bigger, preferably with a backyard and space that we could raise animals, and maybe even children eventually. Our budget was tight, but we knew it was possible to find something that suited our taste eventually. Small backstory on my girlfriend and I. We met on the set of my very first editorial photo shoot. I was so nervous that I was sweating buckets and soon ruined the makeup on my face. Everyone was mad at me, from the stylist to the makeup artist, and it took everything in me not to just start crying. My girlfriend, let's call her Anita, was so patient with me the whole time. 
She even retouched my makeup herself at one point. The entire day felt as if the world was out to get me, but Anita was somehow a nice little shield. Our second interaction happened on the same day when my Uber came to pick me and the driver was a creep. He kept flirting with me in the parking lot and when I said I was a lesbian to divert his interest, he kicked me out of his car, quite literally. Apparently Anita was still in the parking lot and she drove up to me and asked if I needed a ride. My place was pretty far from hers but she drove me right to the front door. During the ride, we talked at length and she took my email, promising to hook me up to any opportunities if they came her way. I had almost forgotten about our little interaction until I got a call nearly two weeks later, claiming that Anita had recommended me for a job. We worked together a lot and she really did help with fast-pedaling my career to where it got to. The fact that she was basically my backbone in the industry made it really hard for me to let her know that I liked her. But one day we were stuck in her studio during a thunderstorm and something led to the other and we kissed. Since then, we've become even more inseparable than we were before. I've spent at least four days every week with my girlfriend since we started dating three years ago and I owe probably my entire career to her. Back to the house searching, it took near three months because we wanted to do it ourselves. But we finally found and zeroed in on three places that worked for us. Two of the three places were perfect, but they were just a little too far into town. The third one was the only one close enough to the city that wasn't too hard to commute to every day, but far enough that we could almost pretend that we lived in the country. Within the first few days of meeting the landlord, we should have figured out that there was something fishy going on, but we were just too excited at the prospect of moving into a place of our own that common sense eluded us. The first red flag should have been how much of a fixer-upper the house was, as opposed to the price it was going for. With how messed up things were, the place should have rented out for quarter of the price, while we used the rest to fix it up. Again, we should have learned, but the prospect of what we could do with all of the space kind of turned us into idiots, who were convinced that hours spent binging on Mr. Cade and the sorry girls on YouTube automatically made us into home DIY gurus. The second major red flag should have been how quick and enthusiastic the landlord was to hand over the keys and get out of the premise. He insisted that we met at a restaurant that was a little far away from the place, and he pretended to be nice, answering all our questions truthfully and giving us advice. He also insisted that we paid six months of rent up front, dropping hints about wanting to sell the place even. This was the part that seemed a little weird to me because I had never heard of paying for six months up front, maybe a month or two, but six? I excused my girlfriend and I spoke to her about how uncomfortable I'd started feeling about the landlord's insistence. She was too excited and told me I was being a worry wart. Deals like these were too good to come across, and the fact that we'd even seen this one was a miracle. Eventually, she talked my worries away, but I asked her to at least let me handle things as I saw fit. We went back to the table, and I let our landlord know that we would only pay three months up front. And he shrugged, asking us to make sure that we only brought cash, because that was the only way he would take rent. It was a sketchy meetup that seemed more like a drug exchange than a house settlement, but my excitement and Anita's was enough to make me shrug off all the weird thoughts and nagging feelings I had. To show that he was a great person, our new landlord paid for mine and Anita's lunch. It all seemed so perfect, and my girlfriend would have handed the money to him right there. But thankfully I had a list of things we needed to have to make sure we weren't being completely scammed. Amidst it all, we were able to get a few important documents signed. 
as well as contact information to a few other members of his family. We moved in only three days after the meeting with our sketchy landlord, and to say we were shocked at what we saw would be an understatement. It was like we were staring at the bones of what the house used to be. In that moment, renting a place based off of pictures alone suddenly seemed like a very stupid idea, but we were both pretty optimistic people, her more than me, so we decided to clean the house ourselves. For a week, we slept in a motel and cleaned out every inch of the house, gutting the place, washing the walls, and making sure that every inch of it was livable for us. It was so exhausting that I was of the opinion that we needed to call cleaning people to help out. Anita refused, saying that this was our version of building IKEA furniture, and we had to persevere. Considering we would still need to buy and build IKEA furniture, I didn't see the point, but she was so cute. It might be a curse, but saying no to my girlfriend was literally impossible. She has the cutest massive brown eyes, and when she widens them to ask for something and I say no, it feels like kicking a puppy in the chest, and I don't think you would enjoy doing that. I insisted, I really did. I told her that we needed professionals to at least check the house out and know if it was dangerous to live in, but she had the brilliant argument that if the walls hadn't come down after the kind of cleaning we did, then maybe it was stronger than we thought. The landlord also gave us some BS about the place being renovated barely six years earlier, so that had to count for something, right? It turned out we couldn't do everything ourselves, and we had to call a plumber to fix up the water and pumps and all of that. Anita insisted on staying in while they did it, but we hadn't fully moved in or had anything moved in, so I managed to pull her out for us to get food. Plus, the plumber was my friend who had agreed to fix up our place for the small price of a few pizzas and some beer. After he had finished, which took an awful lot longer than we expected, we sat down to eat. Anita went to the bathroom, and my friend who was a plumber told me that getting the place might have been a mistake, because it was so crappy from the inside out. I tried to play it off that we hadn't finished cleaning, but he was insistent. At a point, it felt straight up disrespectful and I called him out on it. We finished eating, he left, and Anita and I did the cleaning up that was left. We used the rest of the week to set up, buy stuff, and move into our home. It was perfect, and I knew right then that I loved this woman. For the next month, we made little additions to our place, but I noticed that I was always moody, tired, and exhausted. I chalked it up to all the stress from moving in, but something was telling me it wasn't. As usual, I didn't listen to the thing and continued to work. I thought it was fatigue, and dealt with it the way I dealt with most things, writing. My girlfriend Anita suddenly came down with a massive cold, and I decided to give her some space because I had a few shoots coming up and those had given me some energy, so I didn't want to catch anything. I slept in the living room and only interacted when I had to give her food and her medicine. Barely three days later, I got sick too. I was so mad because my shoot was in a literal day and my nose was Rudolph red and I was unable to last three seconds without sneezing. I was livid at Anita because there was no way I got sick without her coming to snuggle up with me in the living room when I was sleeping. I was a heavy sleeper but she wasn't and the more she denied it, the angrier I got. I went to the hospital and was given antibiotics and regular cold drugs but things seemed to let up, especially in the evenings. I was able to do my shoot in the daytime but as I left the place at 4pm, I felt so much weaker. I called my friend, I'll call him Phil, he was the plumber guy, and he came to pick me up and upon my refusal took me to his doctor. After checking to see that I had just a cold, 
like I said I did, and listening to me talk about Anita's own symptoms, he told me to properly inspect my home. I was offended because it sounded like he was saying I was unclear, but later Phil explained to me that lately there has been a mini mold breakout and most illnesses were caused by it. Refusing to believe Phil and his trash-talking doctor, I took my girlfriend to a hotel for a week and we recovered pretty quickly. I was busy and Anita had to travel for work, so I ended up going back to the house alone. Yes, I got sick like two days later. I hate to admit that Phil and his doctor were right, but I also was angry that I hadn't listened to myself and taken my instincts seriously because all of this could have been avoided. I tried to resolve it and called the landlord to speak to him, but he didn't answer. I eventually called his wife who sounded nice at first until I spoke to her and she cussed me out calling me names and telling me never to call her husband. I think she thought I was cheating with her husband. I tried to call again multiple times, but he would not answer, so I showed up to his house and knocked on the door until his daughter opened the door. I tried to explain my situation, but he told me to deal with it myself and slammed the door in my face. It was rude and disrespectful, considering we paid the three months rent, but when I threatened to get the police, He laughed and said to make sure I told them it was six months, because apparently my girlfriend had paid the rest without telling me. I was so livid, but I couldn't blame Anita. She just wanted to build a home with me and I was being a hard butt. Rightfully so, but still. Instead of calling the police, I called Phil and told him everything. He sounded like a demon when he told me he had a better plan than the police. I was skeptical because I didn't want to kill anyone, but he assured me that while there would be blood, there would be no deaths. We went to visit an old friend of his who apparently owed Phil a lot of favors. The guy asked me what I wanted, and I said six months of rent, and all the money I'd spent on cleaning up the house. He was a really big white bald guy with a fake Russian accent, but he agreed to do just what I asked. I was hoping to be removed from the situation till all of it was done, but Phil insisted that I had to see the brilliant work his friend had done. In my opinion, it was a bit much, but when the silly landlord guy started to tramp shame me, I decided that an arm and leg bent the other way was great for him. I even asked the guy beating him up to throw a few extra punches for good measure and took 8 months of rent from him in cash. The extra 2 months were for all I'd spent cleaning up his wreck of a house. Not just that, but we threatened that if we saw anyone move into any of those houses, we would have his butt busted and sent to prison. It was obvious that prison would be much worse for him because he begged us not to. It was exhilarating being in front of all the action, but I felt really guilty after. I planned to keep it all in, but we had to move and Anita was insistent of knowing exactly why, as well as where I got all the money for a new place. I came clean and I expected some disappointment, but... My girlfriend was elated. She cheered me for being so brave and agreed to let me decide where we lived next. Phil was one of those guys who knew someone everywhere, so he hooked us up with a great real estate agent who took us to see some really good places, some of which were even brand new. We eventually found somewhere with a massive backyard and we shared a fence with a farmer. It was great and we loved it. We've been living in the new place for nearly a year now and Anita and I just decided that we were ready for kids. I'm also proposing next week on her birthday, so wish me luck. The landlord took our threat seriously and sold the whole place to a real estate company, and they broke it all down so they could rebuild. Sometimes jungle justice does the job. He still has a permanent limp, 
and I go out of my way to drive by his area just to see the fear on his face when he sees me. It's fun. I mean, I think I want to know a little bit more about OP's friend. Or maybe I don't. And even after all of it, it's like, okay, OP went nuclear for sure and got the revenge. Why are they still driving by their place? Are they that scorned by this guy after they got all the money back and gave this guy a permanent limp? Still gotta show up and instill more fear in them? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.